I agree with Joe. It's a, a lot of festive dress. I hope you are enjoying your weekend and today celebrating the brutal death of St. Valentine. Um, no, all, all kidding aside, I hope you're having a good Valentine's Day. But that's all I want to say about Valentine's Day as our gospel focuses us in on a mountaintop experience. And as I recalled that, I remember as I got to spend a decade of my life in the mountains, I've had several uh, mountaintop experiences. And one stood out as it just, I, it compares briefly to what the three men that went to the mountain with Jesus experienced in our gospel. I had a good friend in Jackson Hole right when I got there. Uh, we built a relationship, and every Monday after church, he went to a different church, but we would meet early Monday morning, and we would hike up to various mountains, and we would have a time of prayer together. So we figured some exercise on the climb up, a time of prayer and worship, and then we could go down and get on with the rest of our days. And we, we this is something we both looked forward to for, for several years of our time there together and most times it would be the go up there and do all of that together and just be fueled for the rest of that week but every now and again some of the reality and hardness of the world would be waiting for us when we would come down we had one of those moments and in, in what was nice about being up on the top of the hill if, you, if you've ever climbed to the top of a mountain had an experience like that and you know you, you get up there to get away from everything cell phones don't tend to work in most cases which is a really nice thing and then you can just get a new new moment of of clarity upon life sometimes and you can see into just a distant future removed from everything we had had that experience once and then we began to come down and as soon as we were coming down from that time together um, as soon as our phones got a cell phone signal, we knew something was wrong. Because early on a Monday morning, normally people aren't trying to get a hold of Tim and I. And we had a, a, a youth that was in part, he kind of shared going to each of our youth groups. So we knew him well. And all of a sudden, when, when both of our cell phones repeatedly started getting that ding, 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 we wanted to ignore it for where we had just been. But we realized we might need to stop and check and see if something's going on. And sure enough, this youth had called or tried to get a, a hold of both of us and told us the, the very tragic reality that his father, the night before, had gone rock climbing without a rope, never came home, and indeed that morning they found him and he, he didn't survive that fall. And so the youth was just beside himself and we, as we got down from that experience, we called both of our respective offices and said, cancel all of our appointments. We have to go tend to something else. Well, it is that type of thing in my own personal life. And it, we see something very similar happening in the lives of the three disciples that are with Jesus. And I want to look at that in the form, and it's a mountaintop experience, but this is in the ninth chapter of Mark. And it's ironic to me if we framed it in the sense of where Peter, James, and John, who are the three that are with Jesus as we hear in our gospel that Father Joe just read for us, chapter one of Mark leading all the way up to this ninth chapter is a climb. 
as it takes them to the mountaintop. Just look at a few of the things that they have been through in this climb to the holy mountain where they experience the transfiguration of Jesus. These three men and all the disciples have heard life-changing teachings in the form of parables and in other ways, and then they have seen healings. That, that they have never seen before done by the hands and by the words and actions of Jesus. They see exorcism of demons. They see miracles from Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. They see Jesus get on the, on the water and walk. And then Jesus invites the three men as well as all the disciples into following him. This is what leads us up to this be, with them on the mountain. Chapter 8 that leads right into chapter 9 is the confession of Peter in which they have gone through this climb that's about to let them arrive at, for the transfiguration at the top of the holy mountain. And then just before that, we hear six days, Jesus has asked them, who do you say that I am? And he asked this question to all of them to begin to tell them why he had come, who he was, and why he had come to face his death and to face the cross. And in Peter's answer, Peter answers to that question, who do you say that I am? Where well, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus knows they have a heady understanding or a traditional understanding as it had been taught what the Messiah was, but they would need a little more convincing for, for Jesus to show them who he actually was and why he had come. So after Peter's confession, they do that they get out and they climb that holy mountain and they go to the top to pray it is jesus there with peter james and john as we heard in the text and something miraculous happens we hear jesus for a moment decides to remove the curtain of his skin and reveal to those three men his full glory and in that experience, the text tells us it was a bleaching and in a brightness like, we had, like they had never seen before. And we hear as if that's not enough, as they are praying and that, that situation happens in that experience, Moses and Elijah, representing Moses, the law from the Old Testament, and then Elijah showing up representing the prophets, come on the scene and we hear a cloud engulfs them. And within that, these, this prophet and Moses, they're having a conversation with Jesus. And they see this is the full glory of God revealed and the Old Testament and the prophets coming together. And they begin to talk about what Jesus will face. As when they come down that mountain, it'll put him on the pilgrimage to his cross. There they are in this holy, revealed moment with God, all of this happening, and in a moment's time, it goes away. That, that full revelation of Jesus being God in that moment, he's now back in his full skin, the normal Jesus that they knew before. And we hear Peter once again speaking up and saying, my goodness, he's terrified and he doesn't know exactly what to say. But he says, I know what has just happened here. If I don't fully understand it in the moment, has done something and changed my life forever. And he says, we don't have to leave here. Let me set up three little tents, one for Elijah and Moses and Jesus, and we can stay here. 
We don't ever have to go back down into the valley of the shadow of death and face the suffering that's down there. But Jesus, in his meeting them right where they are in the moment, Jesus in that conversation with Elijah and Moses realizes what lies ahead. That Peter and James and John and the rest of the disciples, they will come down that mountain and they will see Jesus humiliated, tortured, and put to death in everything that, that we will remember as we approach Holy Week. And yet, the grace of God knew exactly what those three men needed in the moment, that revealing himself fully to them on the mountain prepared them for what they would experience on the hill. When Jesus would have that pilgrimage that would lead him to his death, for those men, it, everything that they had worked for and that they understood their very identity had been taken to them or taken away from them. They had lost everything, but they had this moment of glory revealed to them on the hill that would pull, on the mountain that would pull them through so that they could face the ultimate death and suffering on the cross of Christ, yet for the greatest moment of glory that would follow it by his rising again. What a moment we consider. And this is why we have the story of the transfiguration, because here we are on the threshold of Lent. Wednesday will be that time between times, the pivot of the liturgical season. We have this as the greatest story of epiphany, of God's glory revealed that prepared those disciples and that continues to prepare us for Ash Wednesday when we will put those black ashes on our forehead in the sign of a cross, the sackcloth will come out and we will once again open ourselves up and get in touch with the valley of the shadow of death and all the different way that sin and brokenness works its way into our world. But we have this story and we gather this morning. Now I know there's not many mountains in Florida, I know that for me, the biggest mountain that I've been on is my neighbor's uh, hill that covers his uh, septic tank in Florida. Now, the, the point of that is not mountains or oceans, but it's where God reveals himself to us. And as we come together on this holy ground, it's just like that mountaintop for Peter, James, and John. As we gather and we hear the word that reminds us of this, the story that was the glory revealed to those three disciples, may the glory of God be revealed to us through the word, through the prayers, through the sacraments, and through every way in which God still reveals his glory to all of us. And as we prepare for that season of Lent, I don't know what circumstance you have going on in your life. But as Lent allows us that time to open up and consider the brokenness and sin in the world and the remnant of sin that remains with us in any circumstance, perhaps you are still grieving the loss of a loved one or loved ones, and it's really hard. Perhaps the circumstance of your body just won't heal. Or perhaps you have a temptation that just keeps ravaging you and that you can't fight in your own power. 
Perhaps you have a home in which you hate spending time in and you're feeling isolated or there may be a broken relationship within that has you at your wit's end. There are several circumstances that we know living and walking in the valley of our broken world in the shadow of death. But remember this story. The glory of God revealed that prepared those men for a time in which they thought it would all come to an end and they had nowhere left to turn. And yet the greatest glory revealed in God was his cross followed by his resurrection. I pray that pilgrimage that these men went on that we hear and consider this morning may be our pilgrimage as we all face the cross. And as you open yourself up, and become, listen, as it says, and they're in that cloud at the top of the mountain. Listen to my beloved son, because he says why he had to come and then who his identity was and what that meant for them and what it means for us. From these moments of glory to glory and having to come down and walk in the valley of the shadow of death and brokenness, may the, this year's Lent in the pilgrimage that we will all join in individually and as a church together. May these moments of glory meet you in the moments of brokenness. And may you hear the words, this is my son. Listen to him and realize more and more who he is and why he had to come. All honor, praise, and glory be to our Lord and Savior, who took these men and revealed to him full glory to set them up, to bring them through the valley of shadow and death to his ultimate resurrection. Amen.